It's time for everyone's favorite game show, How Much Do You Love Your Dog? Contestants, hands on your buzzers. Do you love your dog so much that it sleeps in bed with you? Next question. Do you love your dog so much that you'd rather stay in on a Saturday night than go out? And last in our lightning round, do you love your dog so much you'd clone it? Celebrities and hundreds of other dog owners have done it, but it's controversial and it has ethical implications and it's expensive. So would you clone your dog? Hello, I'm James Jacobson in Maui, Hawaii. And I'm Caroline Winter in Adelaide, Australia. Welcome to Dog Edition, where voices from around the world consider all things dog. So if you love dogs as much as we do, pause what you're doing, leash up your pup, and let's take a walk, because we've got a lot to talk about on today's episode of Dog Edition. Hey, Pepper, want to go for a walk? They are the groundbreaking inventions that have made the world better, smarter, and sometimes a bit more fun. And in 2020, mRNA vaccines, record-breaking running shoes, and a calming baby crib were all added to Time magazine's list of best inventions. And they keep good company with hundreds of previous winners, things like the Jetpack and the Talking Hearing Aid and Google's driverless car. Cool, but why are we telling you all of this? Well, apart from the fact that it's interesting, that's because in 2005, Snuppy was Time Magazine's Invention of the Year. And Snuppy, an Afghan hound puppy from South Korea, is right at the heart of today's episode. Jim, if I said to you, Dolly the sheep, what are you thinking? Well, that would be Dolly the clone sheep, who I think is named after Dolly Parton, who's one of my favourite singers. In fact, this year marks 25 years since Dolly the Sheep first came into existence. Yeah, that's right. And Dolly, as we know, is super famous. Well, the sheep and the singer, but (laughs) let's focus on the sheep. And that's because in 1996, she became the first mammal to be cloned from an adult somatic cell using the process of nuclear transfer. And it was a major turning point in science. The headline on the other major news story today, to which we intend to devote some time, is very simple. Hello, Dolly. It's a very long time since a science story on Sunday made such waves on Monday, but with good reason. Dolly is the name of the first mammal, yes, a sheep, ever to be born as the result of cloning. Dolly is doing fine, thank you. She is seven months old already. If a lamb, why not a man? After Dolly, scientists tried cloning other animals like mice and cattle and pigs and cats. But it turned out that dogs were much harder to clone, and that's because of the differences in the canine reproductive process. That was until Snuppy came along. Snuppy, the cloned Afghan hound puppy, fronted the media for the first time in 2005 with his band of South Korean scientists from Seoul National University. Wouldn't it be a marvelous thing that our best friends would be the first beneficiaries of stem cell medicine and in learning whether it's safe and effective in our companions, we may also know whether it's safe and effective for our loved ones. 
Snuppy was just like any other puppy in so many ways. He was eager to please, and he was keen to explore the world around him, and he loved snacks and people-pleasing. But he was unlike any other puppy because his genes did not come from an egg and a sperm of a mother and a father, but from skin cells taken from an adult Afghan hound. More on the science of cloning and the ethical concerns around it later. But when Snuppy came into the world nine years after Dolly the Sheep, it was clear that this was the start of something big and something controversial. Viagen is a, a pet cloning company. Um, we do genetic preservation for pets and we actually produce the cloned puppies and kittens. Viagen in Texas, along with Soam Biotech Research Foundation in South Korea, are where dog owners those who can afford it, go to have their beloved pups cloned. Melaine Rodriguez loves her job as a client services manager at Viagen and even has her own cloned cat, Benji the Bengal. <laughs> really? That's a job perk? <laughs> a job perk, really. She says around six years ago, things started to change and so the company shifted from cloning livestock like horses and cows to pets. Cloning is sort of a, this little secret that not a lot of people know about. Or they think that it's just, you know, science fiction and it, it doesn't really exist. So, um, you know, I think as more and more people learn about this, um, the business is definitely growing. And so we're seeing growths every year and we're cloning more and more every year. So who are these people cloning their dogs and what drives them to do it? I was so devastated by the loss of my dear Samantha. After 14 years together, I decided I wanted to keep her with me in some way. That is an actor reading some of Barbara Streisand's words that Barbara Streisand penned in a letter to the New York Times a few years back. Along with the article, Barbara included some photos of two cute, fluffy, white coton de Tullier dogs in a dog stroller next to some pretty pink flowers that surrounded a headstone. The headstone reads, Samantha, our little angel, May 2003 to May 2017, always in our hearts. A friend had cloned his beloved dog, and I was very impressed with that dog. So Sammy's doctor took some cells from inside her cheek and the skin on her tummy just before she died. And we sent those cells to Viagen Pets in Texas. We weren't even sure if the cells would take. But the cells did take. Not only did the cloning process work, but it produced four puppies. She didn't keep all of them. One died early on. Barbara gave another to a friend, and she kept two for herself. They were named Miss Violet and Miss Scarlet. Each puppy is unique and has her own personality. You can clone the look of a dog, but you can't clone the soul. Still, every time I look at their faces, I think of my Samantha and smile. Barbara Streisand's big reveal about cloning Sammy was in a rare interview in 2018 with Variety. But Melaine Rodriguez says she's not the only celebrity to go down this path. Barbara is the only one that we are able to disclose because she did go public and she has given us permission to say that we did clone her dog. And um, we have had some other celebrities that, as you can imagine, most want to remain very private. But cloning isn't just for celebrities. It just uh, kind of went into my mind at that time that if we really feel that this dog is that special, even if it's just special to us, then maybe we should look at it. 
That's John, who didn't want us to use his surname or his wife's name because, well, cloning's a bit of a weird and divisive topic and he'd rather stay semi-anonymous. Anyway, he's talking about Georgia, his black Labrador mix. By all accounts, a gorgeous dog that he and his wife got from the Humane Society in northern Wisconsin some years ago. Just a sweetheart, mellow dog, took a good part of our heart and... uh... You know, we, we couldn't have loved her more. She just loved to go swimming. She loved to ride in a motorcycle sidecar with me. You know, she just always wanted to be, always wanted to be with you. And, you know, even when she was getting sick, she's just a special dog to us. Extra special, John says, because she was a rescue dog with a bit of this and a bit of that in her. So as he points out, there was no way to get another one like her. And so when Georgia got cancer and her time was coming to an end, John and his wife had a serious conversation about cloning. If you could have another Georgia, basically, for about the price of a new car, would it be worth it to you? And the answer was just absolutely yes. You know, it's much more expensive than going to adopt another dog, more expensive than going to a breeder and finding a nice dog but it's the only way you're going to get basically the same dog. Okay, so how expensive is it? So it is quite expensive, as you can imagine, and I sort of like to equivalent it to um, in vitro fertilization in, in humans because a lot of people have been through that and they can understand the expense involved in that. So dog cloning is $50,000, and cloning a cat is a little less complicated, so it's less expensive, and that is $35,000. And uh, we clone a lot of horses as well, and horses are $85,000. If you don't have that kind of money, because it is a lot, Melaine mm-hmm. says you can preserve your pet's DNA for around $1,600 just in case you want to clone later. Kind of like an insurance policy. And that's an expensive insurance policy. And 50 grand for a dog, that is pretty steep. I have my own thoughts about cloning, but we decided to go out and ask you. So we went to dog parks around the world to find out what people are thinking about cloning. Have you ever considered cloning a dog? No. Why is that? I don't think you get the exact same dog. I know, I understand that you get it genetically. I don't think probably personality-wise you get 100%. And so then I don't understand just having another dog with its differences. We used to look the other way and laugh, but recently we looked at each other and said, I think I would do that because we couldn't imagine life without her. Oh my gosh, that's a really interesting question. Probably not, because I think you... Your memories and things with, with your animal are with the, the first one and trying to recreate it with, a, with another animal. Um, I think you can create, you've got the opportunity to create new experiences and things with the animal. Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that just sounds too weird. So, as we expected, it is a pretty mixed bag of reactions. The idea of cloning is such an emotional decision. I mean, especially if you have a sick or dying dog. And of course, there is the reality of the price tag and a whole lot of ethical questions layered on top of that. Hmm, There is. And every person will have a different response to the idea of cloning and have different reasons why they agree or disagree. And that's something Malayne gets a lot. Whenever someone asks me what I do, 
I sort of hesitate and, and, and smile a little bit and say, okay, are you ready for this? Because I know it's going to go either one way or the other. And so, so most people are totally intrigued by it because it's just not something you hear about every day and they want to know more and more. And I applaud that. I applaud people who want to know more before they make a decision. I think the majority of the people who are opposed to this are opposed because they just aren't informed. They don't know enough about how it works. And so it's something different. And so I think the first reaction to something that it, that is different is to be afraid of it. But if you really take the time to learn about it, um, it's, it's really not all that weird, you know? So what about the science and the process of cloning? I want to know what those tens of thousands of dollars are paying for. Cue the science music. Caro, actually, it's pretty straightforward in theory. Step one, Viagen needs some of your dog's DNA. Now, to get that, they send you a kit which you take to your veterinarian, who then takes a tissue sample from your dog. Step two, the sample is sent back to Viagen, where the new cells are grown from it and frozen for genetic preservation. Ah, right. So that's the part that costs $1,600 and the part that John and his wife did in 2018 before Georgia died. Right. So when John was ready to clone, it's on to step three. And that is where the nucleus of a female dog's egg is removed and replaced with one of your dog's preserved cells. Let's have Melaine explain what happens next. So that DNA now goes in that egg and it is... Uh, given a little shock of electricity. It's alive! And essentially this egg is tricked into thinking that it's been fertilized, but there's no sperm. And that's sort of the magic of cloning right there, is to get that, that embryo to start to grow. The embryo is then transferred to a surrogate dog mom, and after a typical gestation period, the cloned puppy is born. And voila! There you have your newly minted pup. But that's the theory. As John told us, what happens in practice is quite different. To put your dog on the list once they know you've decided to do the cloning. And then you have to wait for several things. You have to wait for the dog to move up the list. You have to wait for a surrogate mom. You have to wait for the right size. You have to wait for that surrogate mom to go into heat. They have to be ready to implant the embryos. So it's it's a process. And then the first time we did it, uh, it failed. So it, it was a hell of a process to go through. The second time, though, the embryos survived. But like Barbara Streisand, John and his wife got not one, but two cloned puppies, as can happen in human IVF. As soon as they sent us pictures, we knew these are peach. You know, these are our Georgia. And two of them, fantastic, which is what we wanted. And so we named our puppies Georgia Peach 2 and Deja Vu. They're just great dogs. Great names, especially Deja Vu. I guess the question is just how Deja Vu are they? They're a piece of their mom, and that's what we were looking for. We're right there on uh, what we expected and what we got. The uh, Viagen people did a nice job of uh, talking about 50% comes from the dog itself. So the genetic material you're using to build the new dog is, you know, half of what the dog's going to be. And then the other half of their personality comes from the environment. You know, you're going to be dealing with dogs that you're going to raise from the get go. And, uh, 
and they're and they're not going to be identical to to Georgia, but we didn't we didn't expect that, and and we didn't get that. We got dogs that are an awful lot like Georgia, but again, have some of their own personality and some of their own a lot of Georgia's traits, but some some of their own goofy traits too. So scientists have learned quite a bit about what a cloned dog will be like through their clients like John. Sometimes a cloned dog's personality is similar to the original dog, but other times it's not. But Melaine Rodriguez says what is proven to be genetically linked are temperament and intelligence. Temperament and intelligence, huh? Mm-hmm. And a big part of her job, as you would imagine, is managing expectations. <laughs> So when you think about cloning, what you have to realize is that a cloned animal is a genetic identical twin that's just born at a different time. The genetics are the same. Um, The look is going to be very similar, but there can be some differences in the way the cloned pet looks. That's what I try to prepare my clients for, is that not to expect that it's a reincarnation of their pet, It's a version of their pet. So far, this sounds quite idyllic. If you can afford it, you can clone your furry best friend and create a genetic twin that is probably going to have a lot of similarities to the original dog. But cloning is one big controversial hot mess in the bioethics space, and we'll get into that next on Dog Edition. And now, a message from your dog. Every day with you is like a day at the beach. And I want as many beach days as possible. I want to run and sniff and find a good stick to carry. I want to roll in the grass and warm my belly in the sun. I want to walk with you, run with you, sleep with you, eat with you. And when I eat with you, I want Everpup. The green grassy beef liver spiked smell wakes my senses. You may not realize this, but it tastes like homemade gravy, especially when you wet it. It infuses any food you give me with health and life and vibrancy. I can feel it. Everpup traveling to every cell in my body, nourishing each one. Does it roll back time? Of course not. Not really. But it helps me feel like I'm on top of the world. I'm so glad you're giving it to me every day. Because every day, I'm so glad to be with you. I'm so grateful to be your dog and for the Everpup you give me. So now that you know what your dog wants, get Everpup, the ultimate dog supplement. Everpup is available in select pet shops and on Amazon. But to get the best price possible, join the Everpup Club at everpupclub.com where you'll get your first jar for just $8 with free shipping anywhere in the U.S. Go to everpupclub.com and use the discount code DPN. That is everpupclub.com. Everpup every day. My name is Jessica Pierce, and I'm a bioethicist. Jessica Pierce is also a professor and an author who's written widely about dog cloning. So I'm an ethicist and there is almost nothing you could ask me where I wouldn't give you a, oh, well, it depends. Um, There are pros and cons. But on this issue, I think it's very cut and dried. That's a pretty simple answer for me. I would say no. I don't see any, any upside to it. 
I might add here, Jessica's loved and lost two of her own dogs and knows that special bond owners have with their dogs, but she also has a list of reasons why she doesn't support cloning. Let's first rewind for a second, Jim, back to the part where you were talking about the steps involved in cloning. Okay, stop right there. The embryo is then transferred to a surrogate dog mom, and after a typical gestation period, the cloned puppy is born. So that part relies on a female egg donor and a surrogate who carries the puppies to term. For context, to produce Snuppy, the invention of the year back in 2005, (laughs) more than 1,000 embryos were transferred to 123 surrogates. Now, that resulted in three pregnancies. Mm. Of those three, one fetus miscarried, two were carried to term, but one died within three weeks and the other, well, that was, of course, Snuppy. So they started with 123 surrogates and only one puppy survived? That's right. Now, let's remember that was 16 years ago and since then the number of dogs involved in the process has come down. But lots of people are still worried about the dogs who are involved and they're the ones Jessica describes as the canine underclass. If you're uncomfortable at the thought of a puppy mill, then I think you ought also to be uncomfortable at the idea of dog cloning because dogs are being used as reproductive machines. You know, it's the canine version of a handmaid's tale. So from someone who is still trying to get through the last season of A Handmaid's Tale without being Mm. physically ill, (laughs) this tied me up in knots because here we have one dog being created at the expense of another dog that's been exploited. It really opens a big question about each dog's moral value or its place in the world. That is a deep and thoughtful area for philosophers and dog lovers to debate. Is it a case of willful ignorance or not wanting to know or some people don't care or perhaps, I don't know, there are lots of things to it. But it is not just the use of surrogates and how they're treated that doesn't sit well with Jessica Pierce. She has other concerns like the fact that dog owners aren't given realistic expectations of what their clone dog will be like. She says that she's spoken to people who are disappointed when it's not exactly like the original dog. She also worries that cloning is being used as a band-aid for grief, and they just basically want to make a photocopy of their last dog. And then there's this. You know, to me, there's a certain um, obscenity in spending so much money and such an intense outpouring of resources to get a dog when there are millions of dogs languishing in shelters, perfectly good dogs who need homes. And along those lines, I think that it harms dogs in general because it reinforces that dogs are commodities that it's okay morally for us to speak of dogs and treat dogs as things that we buy and sell. Going into this story, I had no idea there would be so much to weigh up. I really thought it would be black and white. What I would say is really to um, investigate your motivations. I think it doesn't honor a dog necessarily to try to make a copy. You honor a dog by loving them, letting them go when it's time to let them go, and then celebrating them for who they were. Maybe, Carol, it's not as black and white as we thought it would be, but 
without a doubt, the debate over cloning your dog is definitely as divisive as we thought it would be. Here is Melaine from Viagen again. Unfortunately, there is so much misinformation or outdated information out there. Um, the negative things are things in the past and things have changed so much since then. So in the end, it's not going to be for everyone. And we certainly understand that. Um, it, it's not something that everyone would want to do. And um, but, but we're certainly happy to answer any questions that anyone has. And I think it's important to get the facts. Jessica Pierce and Melaine Rodriguez won't ever see eye to eye and that's fine. But for me, John actually swayed my thoughts on cloning. It was something we could afford to do. We thought it was right for us. It was right in the way we did this to respect the pooch we had before because Georgia was fantastic. So it was it was the right thing for us. And, you know, that's what we were looking to recreate with the knowledge that we weren't going to get Georgia exactly. But these dogs are a piece of Georgia, and you can tell it every day, and it's wonderful. So, Kara, you said that John swayed your thoughts. Does that mean that cloning is something that you would consider? Mm, You know, all the research I've done for this story has made me think a lot, but I haven't changed my position. In fact, it's probably confirmed how I feel. So would I clone Harvey? It's still a no thanks from me. What about you? I'm with you, Kara. No cloning for me either. But I bet everyone has an opinion on this. And so we are going to put together a little poll at facebook.com slash dog edition. And we will ask our listeners for you to weigh in on the whole cloning conversation and debate. It's at facebook.com slash dog edition. Well, that is our episode for this week. But before we go, here's what we're working on for the next edition of Dog Edition. It's the difficult question probably few of us have ever asked. What kills me, people assume that somebody wants to take care of their pet. You don't know that. So you want to be very clear about that conversation that you have with them. What happens to your dog if you die first? That's on the next episode of Dog Edition. And if you're looking for something to listen to on your dog walk between now and then, check out my latest conversation on the long leash with James Gorman. He's a veteran science reporter with a penchant for dogs, and he shares the key to writing super interesting science stories. For more information, go to longleashshow.com. Please follow Dog Edition wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review. The more stars, the better. And we'd love you to help spread the word about Dog Edition. If you like what you heard today, please tell a friend at the dog park or at the veterinarian or at the dog bakery, wherever you are, let your dog-loving friends know about Dog Edition. It really helps us grow this podcast. Until next time, I'm Caroline Winter, your resident news hound. And I'm James Jacobson. On behalf of all of us here at Dog Podcast Network, we wish you and your dog a very warm aloha. Is artificial intelligence going to change veterinary medicine? Well, it already has. Right now, on Dog Cancer Answers, we're speaking with Dr. Kelly Deal of Morris Animal Foundation about how AI is impacting veterinary research and the practice of medicine itself. That's on Dog Cancer Answers. Get it wherever you get your podcasts or at dogcancer.com slash podcast.